Welcome to Method Med. My name is Kevin Nelson. I'm your host. The question that I have for you is, have you put yourself in the right position, the right place to receive joy? My conversation this week is with retired pastor Ned Hill. And Ned talks about literature and what he's doing through retirement, but then helps again on this journey that I'm on to define the difference between happiness and joy. Have you put yourself in the right position, the right place to receive joy? I hope you enjoy this episode. <laughs> well, welcome to this episode of Method Men. And, and it, it is a real pleasure for me because I get to have a conversation with Mr. Ned Hill. Now, Ned, I don't want to embarrass you, but I looked it up and your, re- your full name is Edward F. Hill III. I mean, now that is a very, that's a prominent name. I don't know why you never went with that. <laughs> well, actually, it's the second, not the third. There was never a third. Oh, you, but, need, to, um, you, need, to, you but, need to go but, tell the conference website that they've got that wrong. Yeah, well, that, 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 that <laughs> may be just a, one of many mistakes that uh, are, are, is out there. But well, listen, uh, listen, everybody, Ned, I've known Ned for, gosh, Ned, it's been 25 years, probably. Yeah. Uh, Ned, when we, when we first came to Millbrook, Ned Hill was our senior pastor and Ned was there for a few years and talked Lisa into uh, being the children's director. It's going to be an interim thing, I believe is what you told her, wasn't it, Ned? <laughs> sure. Sure. It won't be a lot of work. It'll be a lot of money. And you'll just love that. And it, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, mean, I remember she preachers came are that. good. Yeah, preachers Ned, are good at that. Ned, Ned said it's only going to be temporary until we find somebody. And seven, <laughs> eight years later, we were still at it, I think. I think that's funny. So, Ned, when did you officially, officially retire? Well, I officially retired uh, uh, in, uh, good golly, let's see what it was. It was uh, 16. And um, did a couple of interims uh, for a variety of needs in the annual conference. And then um, in the year 19, I mean, 2020, uh, I ended up going back to Eden Street Church, which was the church I had last served. I'd served there for eight years and then been retired for three years. I guess it was. And uh, my successor uh, had a massive heart attack. Mm, and yeah. uh I, they said to me the same thing I said to Lisa, and that is, it won't be long. We just need you to fill in for a few weeks at Eden Street. And uh, 11 months later, uh, my uh, my next successor came. And so uh, all that had to do with, of course, the uh, that came to be in March. And I had started uh, the first day of February, I believe it was. And uh, the pandemic came. And so we said, well, let's wait till June uh, to change paths. And then uh, it was certainly not an ideal time then. So we waited until uh, January 1st of 2021. So uh, I've really uh, been retired for good, I think, uh, a little over a year now. That's fantastic. How did you, how did you, how do you feel now that you've been away from Edenhead Street now for a year? How do how do you feel that that congregation, that church handled the the this this new normal of the pandemic? 
Yeah. Well, I still stay in touch with uh, my colleagues there at Evening Street, but also over the years, I've hopefully been a part of the lives of a lot of other young pastors and have had continuing conversation with them. And I think, uh, first of all, I think that these are some of the most challenging times in the life of the church um, over my lifetime because of uh, the pandemic and because of so many other things going on in the uh, culture of today. Mm. Uh, But uh, I also think it's a time of great opportunity. Uh, Certainly, I found myself, uh, like everybody else, I think, flying by the seat of my pants for uh, the year. Uh, We really, uh, you just never knew what the next day was going to bring. Uh, And I was very fortunate to have just a great team of folks around me. Uh, I had only been gone for three years, so I knew them and they knew me. Uh, I certainly knew all of the church leaders at the time. And so it was a pretty smooth in, in that regard. And um, we were very fortunate that uh, smiled upon us. And we, we I think, did um, quite well uh, that year. But it, it remains uh, hugely challenging uh, as this pandemic just continues to go on. And you're trying to figure out, so what? You know, what will the church look like uh, if we if and when we get on the other side of the pandemic in order uh, to truly feel uh, good about coming back and gathering in large uh, numbers in places? I tell you that I can tell you at Millbrook, there is just the older population of the congregation just is they're so they miss it so much. But they yeah. know they they know they can't be there, and I feel so helpless that I can't get to them. Right? I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to put them in harm's way, and I I miss seeing them, and they they just are so hurt that they can't be there. You know, it was a hard year to be a pastor. Um, you know, I did several funerals, but uh, for example, uh, we were following the governor's guidelines at that time, and. We were saying 10 or less. So we were having, you know, persons who had, you know, large families, who had large communities of faith, the family and friends. And we were trying to be in ministry with them. And so, uh, you know, the same thing with weddings. And then what do you do with, you know, you want to baptize these babies and all the other rituals of the church. And you had to begin to think of new ways of doing it. And, you know, church is community. Uh, church is uh, getting together. Uh, we don't believe in individual uh, Christians. Um, we, God speaks to us through each other. And so the fact that we weren't together uh, was hugely challenging and, and remains so. Um, it was also hard to know that we had um, persons in the congregation who were critically ill and, and you, you know, didn't feel comfortable going to see them not simply for your own sake, but for their sake, because right. you never, particularly in the early days, uh, whether or not, you know, you were a carrier. So it was it was hugely challenging and mm. remained so, I think, uh, for my uh, colleagues. I agree. And, you know, Lucas, different world down there in Goldston, but, you know, preached yeah. in the back, you know, started in the back of a pickup truck. Yeah, it yeah. was just it was it was I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, they're driving up in the parking lot and I'm standing yeah. in the back of a pickup truck preaching. And he said that would they didn't teach that at Duke, Dad, I promise. That's, that's right. 
That's right. We were fortunate that we, you know, had some experience in live streaming and, you know, recording services and posting them, um, you know, as a, as a bit of a larger church. Uh, but by the same token, we were just, you know, winging it, you know, Sunday after Sunday and then trying to say, you know, so do we do a full worship service? Do we modify it? And, uh, you know, everybody was doing uh, different things and, and we were doing the best we could. Excellent. Excellent. So now that you're fully retired, how are you spending your time? Well, we have eight grandchildren. And, and that is uh, unbelievable. <laughs> that, that is wonderful. We feel so blessed. Uh, five of them are very nearby. And so uh, she's telling me we had a little dinner together uh, beforehand. And she said, now, you know that the three Barrow children are coming and spending the night with us on Friday night. And so we will have a three-year-old, six-year-old, and eight-year-old with us to spend the night which they frequently do, but uh, it's always fun. So uh, that's that's fun. Um, and then, you know, I, I do have opportunities to do some ministry. I was fortunate for those of you who read the uh, News and Observer and knew the column of A.C. Snow. Uh, mm-hmm. I was able to, or was honored to be a part of his um, uh, service of death and resurrection yesterday. So I do a little ministry and I got lots and lots of hobbies. Um, one of the things that I'm probably enjoying the most is actually having time uh, to be with people um, in churches the size of Millbrook uh, and, even, and certainly at Eden Street as well. Uh, it was so often that you were with people only in a time of crisis. And as soon as the crisis was over, you sort of moved on to the next person and the next crisis. And there was just never any time to just do some extending of your um, caring for them. And and so it's been wonderful to, you know, just as friends and uh, former parishioners and whatever that you want to spend some time with that you actually have time to do that and not rush off to a meeting or rush off again, like I say, to the next um, thing that's facing you on your calendar. So uh, I I have not gotten up a single morning and said, well, what am I going to do? Or I've not had a single moment that I've said I'm bored. Um, I have thoroughly enjoyed retirement. That is that is fantastic. So I know you're an avid reader. What is, what are you reading these days? <laughs> um, I am um, reading. Uh, I try to keep lots of different things uh, going. Uh, I've always got a novel going. Uh, I've just uh, started yesterday, or actually, I guess I started it uh, yeah last night. It's called Hell of a Book. Uh, Patsy Balance uh, recommended it to me, as have a number of others. Um, it's a seemingly going to be a great book. I uh, just finished um, Great Circle. Uh, I read um, Crossroads uh, by Franzen uh, that I liked very much. So I, I'm reading a lot of that. Uh, I have uh, tried to keep some nonfiction going, and I'm reading uh, The Boys, which is the story of um, Howard and his brother. Uh, you remember Iran as Opie, and his brother um, was uh, on Gentle Ben. Uh, and, um, I, I've enjoyed that. And then I usually keep a, um, sort of a, a book of, uh, 
faith and uh, are going as well uh, that I use during my uh, devotional time. So I'm reading uh, something that my friend and colleague um, Will McLean uh, uh, recommended to me by Rowan Williams. So, yeah, I, I try to keep uh, several things going and they're different enough that I don't get the characters mixed up. That is that is fantastic. Well, when I reached out to you, I had I had told you that we had finished this study on this book called The Heart That Grew Three, Three Sizes. And mm-hmm. and this in the book, there was this. Matt Roll, the author, brought up the the difference. We, we struggle with the difference between happiness and joy. And I, I told you I was going to ask you this question. And is it as I've looked at it, Ned, I've I've and prayed about it and read scripture. I've looked at it and said, can you really have joy if you're not in the right relationship with mm. Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. possible? Do we how why do we get confused about that? Why do yeah. I get confused about it? Yeah, right, right. Well, you know, I do think that, you know, happiness and joy are not exclusive of one another. Um, You know, they're not one and the same by any stretch. Uh, In my mind, happiness is an emotion. Um, The joy is a gift that is given by God. And there is a sense, uh, in, as I understand it, and that comes primarily out of reading uh, the scripture and I think my prayer life, but mainly out of my own experience, is that joy is this gift from God. And I cannot make joy happen, but I can position myself to receive joy. And therein is why you know, when people would say, well, why would we read the scripture? Why would we pray? You know, why do we worship, et cetera, et cetera. In my mind, I do most all of that in order to open myself to the presence of God. And it is in that opening myself, you know, to God's presence, uh, as God has made himself known to us through Christ, that I am open to experiencing the fullness of God. Uh, the fullness of God's joy, the fullness of God's love, you know, of God's hope, uh, of God's peace. And those are things that, um, uh, you know, come uh, come from from God, you know, and there's, you know, there's lots of things in this world that will make me happy. <laughs> a good, a good piece of coconut, you know, cream pie, you know, makes me happy. But joy is something different. You know, joy is uh, walking in, you know, uh, to the uh, hospital room where, you know, one of my daughters has just had a child and you meet, you know, that grandchild and the tears well up and you are just filled with joy. And joy does not always... Uh, also align with happiness and the sort of situations. Um, Happiness is situational. Joy is not. 
when we were at Millbrook, um, many of the folks who've been around a while will remember when we were building the Briar, I mean, the prior Bradford building, uh, we also made the decision to um, totally fund uh, a sanctuary for a United Methodist Church in Angola. Yes. And um, Bishop uh, Edwards had been there and they had been worshiping under a tarp in the rain. And, you know, we found out uh, that for $100,000 that we could build a sanctuary there and the people would do all of the work. That would just be the materials. And by God's blessings and by the generosity of people at Millbrook, which was absolutely incredible, mm. $100,000 is a lot of money. And it was even a lot more money, I guess, 20 years ago. <clears throat> and uh, we did that. And a few of us um, later were able to uh, go to Angola and to see the uh, dedication of that building when it was uh, first uh, Sunday that it was open. Yeah. And, you know, therein, you know, lies joy. Um, you know, both our joy uh, at knowing that we had been a part of something that we believed was of God. Uh, you know, we thought that was a God-given vision. Uh, we didn't even know about Angola, much less St. John the Baptist United Methodist Church. Uh, in Luanda, um, and only by the way God works did we come to the knowledge of that, and only by God's working in hearts did we come to a place where we could uh, do what we did, and to see not only, you know, of course, the joy we experienced, but the joy of the people mm. in that place. Now, here we still had that, you know, here was a church that was being built that, of course, had no running water and no electricity. And yet they built in the boxes where there was going to be electricity. You know, <laughs> when we get electricity, we're going to be able to put it in because we have, you know, we have sort of put planned, the box there. Planned ahead. Well, planned you know, ahead. That's it, 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 incredible. That's incredible. You know, you know, for us Westerners who, you know, think we can control everything. You know, here were these people who live, who were literally living you know, in, in belief and in the hopes, you know, of God's promises to his people. And so to watch them and to see the overwhelming joy, and I mean, they were coming out of shanties. I mean, these were, you know, corrugated tin huts, uh, you know, from which they, and they were singing and praising God and filled with, you know, this joy beyond, you know, anything that I think I can say I've ever experienced in an American church. Mm. And, and so, you know, uh, joy is something that is is so beyond us. And it is just a gift when when it comes. That's that's a great story and a great illustration of of that. And and, and I, I look at where we sit today. You mentioned it earlier about, you know, the culture in which we're in and the pandemic and and we really don't still don't know how great we have it. Yeah. How, ble how blessed God is. But being here by, by living in this place, the, the, the blessings that we have, we just don't, we don't, we get caught up in poor, poor, pitiful me. Yeah. And, and Kevin, it even goes beyond what we have. 
you know, our joy ought to, not ought, because I hate to use that word, but our joy might well be lodged if we had none of this. Mm. And I think that's what the folks in Angola reminded me, that the hope that they had in God was enough for them to have joy. You know, the, the knowledge that they had that they were loved and known by God was enough, you know, for them to have joy. So joy is still not even dependent on the fact that I have been blessed with eight grandchildren or that I have been blessed, you know, by, you know, enough to eat not, and, and well beyond that. Mm. Uh, you know, the joy uh, is... Um, you know, it is not even around tangible things. Now, that's hard because I think you have to work at being open to knowing that. And I don't know that many days of the week. I'll be the first to confess that, you know, it's only on the best days when I am really prayed up that I can say, you know, I know that my joy is in, uh, you know, being a child of a loving God. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Ned, I, I, I just thank you so much for taking a few minutes to be with us and talking to me about this difference between happiness and joy. And my, my hope is that any and all that might listen to this will consider this, that your real joy is going to come from, you know, as Ned said, being prayed up, being in the right place in your relationship so that you're open to mm-hmm. that gift of joy yeah. that God that God gives you. I mean, we I, I'm as guilty as the day is long of worrying about everything. Yeah. And if I just I, I start every day in prayer, I start every day in, in devotion and writing in my journal and you know, laying out there for God and saying, okay, here's what I did wrong yesterday. And here's what I'm going to do wrong today. And I worry about it, but I've just got to get myself, my own self right in, in the right place. I love the way that you put that joy is the gift that is given by God. And it's that you can put yourself in the position to receive it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what, that's what this, this whole journey is about. Yeah, I, I you know I think our God is a is obviously uh, the God of love, and uh, one of the great gifts that God gives us is this uh, gift of joy, and I, I suspect that God wants us to be joyful every day. Certainly, the psalmist, uh, you know, call us to that, and um, they, and, and the psalms, of course, give us the great words that we can utter joy. I, I think sometimes when we don't. Uh, have it in our hearts. It's probably not a bad thing to just pick up the um, psalm and just recite Psalm 100, for example. <laughs> and you uh, know, uh, it's something about if you say it enough times, maybe it'll be true. Uh, and so you make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the lands. And uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I just have, especially in my last later years, have found um, the Psalms to 
uh, be so helpful because um, if I'm having a bad day, they've got people in the Psalms who had a worse day than I did. And uh, yet, you know, it's a great time uh, for us to, uh, to find words of joy. Maybe when we are looking for words uh, to, to express our joy, uh, but even on days when we don't feel that joy it reminds us, let's say the words anyway. Absolutely. Dad, if you'll allow me, I'll pray us out of here and we'll, uh, we'll wrap this session up. Thank you, Kevin. It's been great to be with you. Um, it's always got huge fond memories of uh, Millbrook Church as nine uh, years. It was great. Thank you. Let's pray together. Good and gracious God, I just thank you so much for Ned. I thank you for the years of commitment and, and, and work that he did in ministry with you. And Lord, I just pray that you will continue to keep him active and, and that he and Rochelle will continue to have more grandbabies and enjoy every moment with them. Lord, we just, we thank you for all that you give us. We pray that you will help us to find that place that put us in the position that we are ready to receive the joy that you have for us today. We pray all this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Kevin. God bless you. Thank you.